And now a reading from John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. A man named John was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself wasn't the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The Word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me is greater than me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have received, all received, grace upon grace, as the law was given through Moses, so grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, God the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made God known. Here ends this reading. May God grant us wisdom and courage for interpretation. Thanks be to God. Amen. Early January always feels like a fresh start. I'm wondering, in the midst of a global pandemic, does this still apply? I am certainly hoping that we still have a fighting chance to make and keep our resolutions for the new year if we want them. The cartoons always depict the new year as a baby, full of possibilities and innocence. To say that we are hoping that with a new year, we can leave the sickness, death, isolation, and inconveniences of the pandemic behind us in 2021, and that we are stretching toward a brighter future, well, that would be something much more than an understatement, wouldn't it? Now, the Gospel of John harkens back in his deep spiritual imagination, the author does, that is, for a time when everything was new. 
back before the creation itself had so much baggage. John begins when the only thing that existed was the Word, capital W. Did you catch that? Now, we cannot do full justice to the mysterious nature of John's thought just in this opening sentence. Here in John, and other places in the scripture, and in our own lives for that matter, poetic language like this is the language we use for origins and for giving accounts of beginnings and creation. Now, we could spend all of our sermon time for this whole year trying to bring out the nuances of this opening phrase from John, in the beginning was the Word. I could literally read you 30 different scholars' opinions and commentaries on this one verse, and they would all have a different nuance to highlight. The author drew here on Greek philosophy, in which the word, logos, was the ordering principle of the universe. He drew from the book of Proverbs as well, where personified wisdom said, The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. That's from Proverbs 8, 22 and 23. We can safely say that at least in John's mind, at the very beginning of everything, there was order, purity, goodness, and wisdom. This word, this manifestation of goodness and order, was not static and unchanging. The word was creative and dynamic. This word brought into being the world and all that exists. And as abstract as this language sounds, it actually helps us to hear that our world has meaning and purpose. I don't know about you, but to me, in the middle of the chaos of this global pandemic, order, meaning, and purpose, well, they all sound pretty inviting right about now. Now, in our tradition, God created. God gave order, meaning, and purpose. But something happened to God's creation. Darkness crept into the story of God's creation, polluting the goodness, the order, and the purpose. Now, darkness is John's word here for the evil in God's creation. But those of us who love dark chocolate, we know that dark is not always evil. Sometimes it can be delicious. But John uses this word evil or darkness to contrast with the light that God brings into the world. Now, this darkness is a mystery in God's creation, and so John doesn't try to explain it or tell us where the darkness came from. The darkness just seems to pop up out of nowhere in verse 5. It sounds almost like a virus that somehow gets past the safeguards of medicine and spreads rapidly across the world. Hmm, does that sound familiar? John's silence about the origin of the darkness seems appropriate. Despite the best efforts of the best minds, we don't actually know precisely why evil exists or exactly where it comes from. 
We just know that sometimes we find it. It is just present. And that's the way John says it. That's the way John leaves it. The darkness is just there in verse 5. And even if we don't understand this darkness, we still recognize it. We can see it in the rest of the Gospel of John. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. And the darkness here in that story represents struggling to find faith. Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus leads to John's declaration that the light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than light. That's in John 3.19. Now the blind man in chapter 9 of John becomes the symbol for the spiritual blindness of Jesus' opponents. And even though they could see physically, they still walked in spiritual darkness. Now when Judas goes out to betray Jesus, John summarizes the evil about to be unleashed with a simple statement in John 13.30. And it was night. Hmm. We recognize this darkness today in our world, don't we? John understands the darkness as that which has invaded God's good creation. It is the exception, not the rule. And we have all seen the ways that evil corrupts what should be good. Evil always plays the role of spoiler. A friend once returned home from vacation to find that his refrigerator had broken down sometime during the trip. The freezer part of his appliance was full of nasty bugs. The eggs, you see, embedded in the meat had hatched. They didn't have to break into the freezer. These nasty bugs were laying dormant inside the meat, which was intended to do something good and feed his family. That's kind of like the evil present in the world sometimes laying underneath the surface of something otherwise good, but always waiting for the right or wrong conditions to bring it to life and unleash its spoiling capabilities. We can certainly see the evil of creation in things that happen naturally. I mean, COVID-19 these days is at the forefront of all of our minds. One point eight million lives lost this year, just, well, last year, to this deadly virus in 2020. Now, beyond the virus, tsunamis kill thousands. That's natural. Millions die from drought and famine. Those are natural. Tiny babies battle cruel cancer. Alzheimer's eats away at a person's mind until only a shell is left. Now, surely, John would consider these things a part of the darkness of creation. I cannot believe that they are a part of the order and goodness that God intended. I simply cannot accept that, speaking for myself. As we look around, we cannot help but see the darkness, of course, in our society, the ways we interact, and, of course, in our politics. I mean, if we start small, we could mention the bickering between the parties that leads to cynicism so often. Surely there is more common ground and ways to work together than the politicians seem to be able to find. If we move up the scale a bit, we encounter 
Things like the drug war, which fuels so many of the immigration challenges we face in the United States and other parts of the world as well, which is fueled by human weakness and spread by the callous indifference to human life. Well, the darkness becomes nearly pitch black when we talk about the value of human beings who happen to have brown or black skin in our very own country, and the white people who talk and pretend as if racism isn't a cancer among us. Even among people of faith, I see darkness at times, listening to people I know and love speak casually about supporting politics and public policies that dehumanize and criminalize and unjustly incarcerate people created by God, loved by God, and who are our very siblings in God's creation. When did humanity become so full of hatred and so prone to violence and dehumanization? You know something, neither side of the partisan political aisle is completely innocent, nor are they equally guilty, for that matter. But we see the darkness in ourselves if we look in the mirror long enough, and if we're honest. We have tempers, we exploit prejudices and preconceived notions about the other that we indulge far too often. And we have glaring weaknesses we often ignore of our own. We often hurt the ones we love. We undermine our own growth and progress. And we can quite easily, if we're not careful, become our own worst enemies. And quite tragically, we can also see darkness in the church. The media blare out our stories of corruption and arrogance. On a smaller scale in the church, we hurt each other by our insensitivity and pettiness. With diminishing influence, we seem to stand on the sidelines, wringing our hands at the pain, the violence, and the hopelessness of the world. By now, I know it may be beginning to sound as though I wrote this sermon intending to crush any optimism for 2021. It is important, however, that the, though I've made these gloomy things come to light, and as gloomy as they sound, that we look squarely at the darkness that is starting us, staring us right in the face. We cannot turn away from it if we are to grasp the full significance of what John says. John, it seems, knew something of the evil of the human heart, the corruption of politics, the cruelty of disease. Nevertheless, he declares, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, the grammar of verse 5 from our text in that sentence is important in understanding John's vision. The light shines. Did you catch that present tense? The darkness did not overcome it. The darkness tried, but failed. Now, as is typical of John, who uses words with multiple meanings, the Greek word for overcome, interestingly enough, can also mean understand. The darkness has intelligence. It plots strategy. It actively opposes God and God's dreams for the world. But darkness failed in its attempt to extinguish the light. 
The light, of course, is God's goodness, God's intentions for creation, God's grace, God's fullness. And John's affirmation is that the light shines on in spite of the darkness. The light may indeed be stronger than the darkness, smarter than the darkness, more resilient than the darkness. But if we are not realistic about the darkness, friends, we cannot see how powerful John's affirmation is. If we are naive about the darkness, we don't see the audacity of John's claim. However forceful, however persistent, however treacherous the darkness seems to be, we believe at the bedrock of our faith that the darkness cannot win, that God's light continues to shine. And you know something? That statement is not just wishful thinking. It is not just looking on the bright side. That statement is a statement of our faith. It is a faith that refuses to give up, continues to show up, refuses to surrender to the struggles with darkness of the world. It is a faith that claims the promise of the victory of the light before a glimmer of hope is even glimmering on the distant horizon. It is a faith that seeks to carry the light to the deepest and darkest parts of our society, sharing grace and healing and wholeness, a vision of what could be with those plunged into the densest part of the storm of darkness. Jesus revealed this light to us, and for Christians, he is the one who showed us how to carry the light. John does not give us an intriguing birth story as Matthew and Luke do, John uses the language of abstraction, of deep philosophical and theological yearnings. But his version is just as thrilling in its own way. John says, The Word became flesh and lived among us. God's creativity, God's sense of order, God's direction of the universe, God's wisdom became human flesh. And if we think oil and water do not mix... Word and flesh really do not mix. Yet that is what John says. The wisdom of God, the light of God, made its way into this corrupt, painful, dangerous world and lives among us. Now conversely, this also means that God shares the danger. The pandemic, the sickness, the death, the sadness, and all the pain of our world even if we don't see how the light shines on or how the light will ultimately get the best of the darkness, we join John's affirmation of faith. We remember Jesus' words later in John, chapter 6, and I will raise them up on the last day. We may not see the triumph of the, of the light right now, but we trust John's promise that the light, though veiled in darkness now, will one day triumph in its own full, resplendent glory. What will this coming year hold for us? Will it be the year that we get our act together at long last? Will it be the year that, that politicians finally clean up the corruption? Will it be the year that we allow science to lead us towards God's healing and wholeness in the face of COVID-19? 
Will it be the year that the church finally decides to boldly proclaim its message and live out its faith in greater magnitude? Will things simply turn out the way they always have? Will our old problems barge back into our sunny January optimism? The truth is, we don't know exactly what this year holds for us. It is quite likely that we will experience hope and grace and love, along with a great deal of pain and frustration. We will see the darkness, for sure, in its full fury. We will also see signs of light that burst through the darkness. Let us hold on to these signs of light this year. We can face this year courageously, come what may, because we know that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Thanks be to God. Amen.